Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode's sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for roasted-to-order coffees and save 10% with coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my co-host, Eric Rauch. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, of course I'd like to have you back as much as possible. But if I'm going to have a guest on the show, I'm going to kick you out. Yeah, well... And then I'll, I'll, I'll beg you to come back the I following see, yeah, episode. Yeah, I see how it works. Now, did you hear the last episode? I did. I, I don't I don't want to take that for granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I subscribe. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Top Brew subscriber myself. <laughs> well, um, it's awkward yeah. sometimes to listen to yourself, but I do. And it's it's less awkward to listen to other people. That's why I listen to other people's podcasts and not my own. Exactly. Actually, I for a little while, I was listening to my own shows just to get a little bit of a quality control consistency experience and figure out what I was doing right or wrong. And then I, I figured out, like, if you do that for too long, you'll just go insane trying to perfect the system. And just, the problem is that no one knows what perfection is. Yeah, it's an infinite loop. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of awesome coffee topics today one of them i'm very excited to talk about which is coffee fest 2015 yes. is that what they call it 2015 because it was in 2015 coffee fest 2015 i guess yeah i think it was it was coffee fest atlanta because they do they do um if they said coffee fest 2015 they do it they do at least three or four each year um and they try to hit different different regions of the united states so the first one of the year was in atlanta it was you know, half hour from where we record, so it was it would be foolish not to go. And then they, they they do two more, two or three more throughout the year, and then they'll you know they'll do one somewhere in the Midwest, and, oh, okay. then, and then one out on the West Coast. It's it's not it's not a huge event. It's not like the coffee event of the year. Um, for for specialty coffee industry, that's the SCAA, which is the Specialty Coffee Association of America, and that's the that's the big one. And that's out in Seattle. That was out in Seattle last year. I think it's out in Seattle again this year. Um, so this is, this is kind of a, a stripped down smaller version of that because it is regional. You know, they try and, and, and gear it that people in that, whatever, you know, a, a two, 300 mile radius to Atlanta or to Nashville or wherever it would be. You know, if you, if you live in St. Louis, you'd, you'd wait for the, you'd wait for the Midwest show and that's where you'd go for that one. I've been thinking about what the coffee capital of America probably is. Wouldn't you say it's probably Seattle? Yeah. Seattle, Portland. Yeah. Um, I would, I would think that that's, that's, uh, if it's not. It's not, if it's not one of those, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably per capita would be something like 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 New York, where there's just there's just so many people <laughs> that are drinking so you know, many coffee. Yeah. So, so they sell so many cups of coffee by default because there's so many people. Probably the most brewed cups of coffee. Are. Yeah, but but Seattle's where I really fell in love with coffee. I mean, I was um, I I grew up in Pennsylvania and I was a coffee drinker from about age fourteen or fifteen. I didn't really have a whole lot of choices. This was when Sanka was, you know, my, my grandparents drank Sanka, which was the, in the orange can. It was the first decaffeinated coffee that I knew about. Um, if you wanted decaffeinated coffee, you got Sanka. That was about the only thing that was available. Um, <laughs> it just sounds disgusting. It does. It, it doesn't have a great Was that name. a person's name? Or was that just like a made up word? Like, uh, you know, guy? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure where, where that comes from, but it was in a very recognizable can. It was an orange can. And you, I mean, you could see it from across the store. So, I mean, it was if you want a decaf coffee, you, you need to look for the orange can. I just assumed that Folgers had like invented that form, but they probably ripped off Senka. Yeah, the, you know, the, it's um, I may be not not remembering this this correctly, but it seemed like that was 
for for decaffeinated coffee, at least on a popular level, you know that that you could go to the store and buy. There was there was probably local brands, and there you know there was there was probably other ways to get it. But the huge national decaffeinated brand, as I remember, was Sanka. Anyway, that's neither. Yeah, this is not an episode yeah, about decaf coffee. This is coffee. way off the beaten path. Decaf coffee will be the very last topic we ever discuss on our show. It, yeah, it will be. Although it is becoming uh, something that that we, that we need to discuss because there's a lot of people, and they don't want decaffeinated coffee just because they don't want to want to stay awake at night. They want decaffeinated coffee because their cardiologist says they can't have caffeine. So there's there's an actual physical reason why they can't have caffeine, but they still want the coffee. So I'll, you know, I want to be sensitive to that. I don't I don't want to neglect a certain part of the, the population that wants to buy our product because it, it, it has caffeine in it. And maybe that's why Coca-Cola makes decaffeinated Coca-Cola. You know, there's the, the, not, the caffeine-free, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's just a recognition that there's all sorts of reasons why, why people can't have your product as it is. When they put caffeine in their mouth, their heart actually races out of control. And that that's true about any kind of product because a lot right. of people like the iPad because it's so big that it's easier on their eyes. They they have bad eyesight and they can use the iPad, for instance, to take pictures for the first time in their life. They right. they have a photo camera that's large enough for them to look at a viewer the size of like a small computer screen. They couldn't use that on the iPhone because their eyesight was so bad. Yeah. But now they can take lots of pictures just like anybody else. And so there's always somebody out there who has a use case for th- this particular product. And it somewhat happened as a byproduct of creating the thing and then discovering the market for it. That's right. Who would have thought that people would want to take photos with iPads? And- yeah, it looks kind of ridiculous when you see people doing it. But yeah. And see, I I mean, now we're talking about decaf coffee. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Actually, we're talking about iPads. Yes. My my brain just broke because I, I cannot I cannot make a better connection between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of times when I'm when I'm looking at my iPad, I have a cup of coffee in my hand. Oh, so there, there we go. go. Bring yes. it back. Bring it back. We're we're we're, we're back on the main road, which um, re- reminds me of Coffee Fest again. Yeah, which which re- reminds me <laughs> of why I was talking about Seattle because you got me off on that on that uh, on that tangent to begin with. We're gonna have to talk about the history of Seattle's best sometime as well. Because yeah. I, I feel bad for the like the loss of Seattle's best. Yeah, we can just have a whole episode about like a like a documentary discussion about Seattle's best. Right. Yeah. There's nobody movie. nobody more grieved about it than me. The short story is Seattle's best that that you can buy in the in the store today is not the Seattle's best that I was introduced to when I when I first landed out out in Seattle. I spent uh, I spent about three and a half years out there um, when I was in the Navy. And that's that's where I, I fell in love with with coffee, not just as a drink, but as an art and and as a as an artisan craft. It's it, it, it was it took what what I was used to to a whole new level, like just like microbrewing did with with beer. Well, this is this is what beer is. You know, holding up a Budweiser. This is this is what American beer is. Well, the microbrewing industry showed that. Well, no, actually, it's not. Beer doesn't have to. It it, it can be that. That that watered down pilsner, or it, it can be something that's that's far more full bodied, have w- way more complexity and taste, and uh, a satisfying mouthfeel. It doesn't have to be thin and 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 watery. If you like that, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, but um, sort of the result that you get from a drip coffee maker, it would be the equivalent to me. Yeah, to but, me. But it's not. It's not even just the the method, which I know we're going to talk about today. It's 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 how it was roasted and and where the beans come from. You know that there's all sorts of different flavors that you're your normal offering on on the store shelf just doesn't have because most people when i say most i'm talking about the majority of of coffee drinkers they want they want xyz coffee they want they want this flavor this is the flavor they're used to they're not into experimentation they're not into 
trying new flavors or new ways or new tastes or like, oh, okay, all right, well, that's that's fine. And if you're on a supermarket shelf, that's mostly the, the, the demographic you're going for. Mm. The specialty coffee, the people who are a little bit more snobbish, if I can use that word, about their coffee. I like to, I like to th- call them fussy coffee drinkers. Fussy, yeah. Snobbish, in, it suggests that they... That, that you're some sort e- of elitist. Well, that you got your ego in the game. Like, yeah. why, why does coffee have to be about your ego? Like, it is for some people, but it isn't for me. And I, I really enjoy a fussy cup of coffee, but I, I don't think... Like, I had a good conversation with another podcaster, Jordan Cooper, on his podcast called The, the Tech Douchebags, okay? So... <laughs> Uh, it, that gives you an idea of what kind of show it is. Good show. <laughs> Good show. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, it was a fun episode. He called me the practical designer. And uh, I feel like that's something, or did he call me the functional designer? It's one of the two. But it was, a, I feel like that's something of an oxymoron. Anyway, Jordan got to talk oh, about- Oh, functional is not. I mean, not, I, practi- I, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, that's that's the point of design is to make something beautiful and totally functional. Right. But that's, but see, that's the thing is though, like, didn't you hear in America, uh, designers are all a bunch of snobs that are just seeking perfection and glorifying Oh, so you're saying it's themselves. not that it's an oxymoron, that it's an oxymoron. It's that design should have functionality built into the meaning of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like we've lost the fact that design is about building, creating something intelligently so that the people can use something more efficiently and more okay. effectively and enjoy yeah. it more thoroughly. But we have lost sight of that because we think it's really about like flashy colors, the, um, the prestige that comes with the title, with the job, that it's something artistic. So we, we glorify the, uh, the best of the best designers in the world. And then we, we kind of, you know, get our ego in the game. And so next thing you know, you just have the snobby designers. And if you're a designer, you must be a snobby designer. Jordan Cooper was pointing out that like, he'll just have a Keurig coffee and he'll put in lots of cream and sugar. And he has a problem with snobby coffee drinkers. They mm-hmm. kind of turned him off. And I, I understand that. I respect yeah. that because a lot of them have turned me off too, but yeah. I am a fussy coffee drinker. And I, I drink fussy coffee because I discovered kind of like, uh, like the Craftsman Brew, that there's a lot more to be had by a quality cup of coffee than uh, someone's arrogance. It's more than just, you know, a bunch of feelings. It's, it's about good taste. Yeah. It's, it's about enjoying some good taste. But I don't think I don't think fussy is that much of a better word. When, <laughs> when I think of fussy, I think of a baby. <laughs> yeah, a whining baby. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we just own it. We're coffee owners. No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, we own the term. There's nothing wrong with being. I mean, people are snobs about the things that they're passionate about. Well, see, that's the thing about the term coffee enthusiast. That again, a lot of people say, well, that's just like uh, the politically correct title for the coffee snob. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you say to try and gloss over the fact that you're just a jerk about your coffee and you're going to tell, you're going to try and force your method down everybody else's throat. I'm very careful when I start using terms like, uh, you know, snob and enthusiast because people want to relegate you to a class. And I, I think that that's just ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, I, you know, a carpenter, what are you going to call him? A wood snob? Like, you know, just because he builds tables really well, you know? No, I'm not going to call him a, a wood snob. A, uh, yeah. a salt table snob, you know. So coffee fest. Now that we've run everything, all the other <laughs> rabbit trails into the ground. Uh, you were at coffee fest and it went on for two or three days. Did you just go as a visitor or did you go there as like a member of the coffee culture that's trying to promote Thrasher coffee or, you know, what was your, were you just shopping? What was the intent? My, my intent was a, because it was, it was so close. I'd be, I'd be foolish not to go. Second, I'd, I'd never been. I'd never been to a convention. I guess is is about coffee. Is the word about coffee, right? 
as a professional coffee roaster, I thought it would be a very good thing for me to go to meet other people to see what's out there. And, and it was inexpensive. It was it just it just didn't make any sense not to go. So I went as a spectator, mainly. Um, I sat in on, on a bunch of classes. There was a lot of educational classes uh, that, that, that they offered. It was over three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, uh, then they had a, they had a show floor where I don't know, maybe a hundred, a hundred vendors or so set up with booths and, and, uh, um, advertise their wares. And, and, uh, you know, you, uh, coffee fest is, and this is just based on this, on this one event seems to be geared toward coffee shop owners more than anything else. Half to maybe 60% of the people there had a shop, or they were getting ready to open a shop or they were thinking about opening a shop or something, you know, that was, it was very, um, bricks and mortar related. Um, I'd say maybe the other, maybe another 20%, 25% were, uh, people on the, the equipment side, uh, people selling, um, espresso machines, selling, um, you know, the, the things that, that you see your, your local barista using as he's, as he's making your, uh, making your drink. And then the other 20 or 25% were green bean were, were green bean sources, um, which is primarily why I was there. I wanted to, I wanted to look around at, at other people, but it was, it was mainly, I wanted to, I wanted to find new, uh, source, source beans for me. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a couple, a couple vendors that I work with now, but, but it's, it, you know, it's always great to have, to have more. And there was, there was a lot, there was a lot of, a lot of people there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, there, one of the things on 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 Thrasher's Horizon may be eventually to open a shop. So I, I kind of listened with with one ear to a little bit of the of of, the, of that side of the business, but I was mainly attuned to roasting and um, and green bean acquisition. That was that was my main my main focus while I was there, and it was and it was great. It was a it was well worth my time. I'm now more enthused, more, more, more happy to be a part of the, of the coffee industry, a part of the coffee culture, because they're, I mean, there's always going to be jerks in every industry, but for the most part, everybody was great. Everybody was, was, nice. was, was really friendly and happy to help and, and, uh, um, enthused about, about our business, about, about Thrasher Coffee. And, and was, um, one of the things that was, was really encouraging was there's a ton, there's a lot <laughs> because there's so much coffee sold in the United States, there's room for everybody. Oh. So it, it, it would, it would have been discouraging to go there and, and, and hear that, well, the market's so saturated, you know, why are you trying to open a shop? Why are you trying to do a coffee roastery or, or whatever? And that wasn't the, it at all. Our, our, our market is so, is so broad and so deep that, that there's room for everybody in the, uh, in the industry. Um, so that was, you know, competition, there was a lot of people that were that were worried about Starbucks. You know, what's going to happen when Starbucks comes to my town? And 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 the and the consistent answer was, don't worry about them. You know, you're 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 not competing with Starbucks. Starbucks is Starbucks. In fact, Starbucks is is competing with McDonald's. They're competing with uh, Dunkin' Donuts. They're they're in a they're in a different category. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're a specialty coffee house, but they're so far removed from the local coffee shop that it's 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 apples and oranges. Well, and Thrasher Coffee makes whole bean coffee by the pound, and you ship it to people who will make an order on your website. Right. And so a lot of people would probably say, Are, aren't you worried about the Keurigs? 
You know, aren't you worried about what the, what they're doing? They're saturating the market. And haven't you heard that like everybody is using the Keurigs now in the offices and in the home? And I don't think you have to worry about that either because uh, you're just looking for a piece of the pie. You're not looking for the whole pie and they're not taking anything away from you. you right. You've, you've got your own market still because there's going to be plenty of people who are not happy with the Keurig coffee. Yeah. And, and, and we're not, we're not opposed necessarily to, to the Keurig right now. It's just so expensive. Because for you to get your your cost down to to whatever, you're not going to villainize the K cups and no, no. I, I, yeah, again, I mean, I'm 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 more than happy for anybody to drink my coffee however they do, however however they want to. I want to see that as a, as an opportunity, just like with decaf. You know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to put some hard line in the sand and say, well, no, Co- decaf coffee isn't coffee. Haven't you heard? Um, you're changing the molecular structure of the bean. Yeah, yeah, and that's and there's 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 some truth to that, but. You know, there's all sorts of different processes, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of different technologies that, that are coming out each and each and every year. Things are getting more sophisticated, and you know, de- the the difference in taste between between decaf and caffeinated coffee is 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 starting to narrow. So, and even if it doesn't, you know, if 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 a customer says, "Look, I want I want decaffeinated coffee," then it's incumbent upon me to not ignore him and say, "Okay, well, I'll see what I can do." So I wanted to talk about our sponsor for this week's episode. It is Thrasher Coffee, and uh, they've really helped us get kickstarted here at Top Brew and get us to this ep- uh, to this point, episode five. And it feels like we only started yesterday, but uh, we've sunk hundreds of hours into talking about coffee already and building up the website and discussing it with people on Facebook and Twitter. And it's been a blast, and none of this would have been possible without Thrasher Coffee. Because they have supported me all along the way, and I'm really grateful for that. Thrasher Coffee provides the fastest online freshly roasted coffee source from the heart of Dixie, right here in Georgia, metro Atlanta area. Their roasters source beans from around the world, taste test hundreds of them, people like Eric, Eric Rauch here, then carefully produce astonishingly flavorful coffees. I've had some this morning. It was delicious, hands down. Some of the best coffee I've had all year and last year. I mean, I could go on and on. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, it is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest fresh coffee experience in every brew for your homestead or the office or on top of the volcano or wherever you happen to be on vacation. It's just going to come from Thrasher Coffee. All right. Now, uh, if you're new to Thrasher's Roasts, I would recommend you check out the Pioneer Single Roast or the Liberty Blend. Both of these are my favorites. I think that they're just delicious. They have a a very good cupping palette of different flavors. I don't know what you're going to get because I don't know what kind of uh, brew machine you have or press you have, but you're going to like it anyway. I know people who sing the praises of Thrasher Coffee, even if they're using a drip coffee maker, which I despise. They still get something out of it versus the coffee that they normally have out of a drip coffee maker, some other kind of, you know, um, batch of coffee. So if you're looking for a great price on a coffee membership, check out thrashercoffee.com because they have really good membership pricing. You can get one bag, two bags, or what is it? Four bags, or I don't even know if that's a tier yet. But you can get more, uh, you can get buy by the pound and you can get it shipped to you once every two weeks or four weeks. And you have four different roasts to choose from. And you get a pretty significant discount if you buy in the membership pricing. And then you also have all the Top Brew listeners have a 10% off coupon code that's Top Brew. 
at checkout. So just enter top brew and you'll get 10% off whatever you order. If you're just buying by the bag or if you're buying into the membership, Thrasher coffee roasts responsibly harvested beans and supplies premium, fresh, small batch coffee experiences to their discerning customers at an affordable price. Thrasher coffee. Thank you very much for supporting top brew, the podcast and the website. So we, we, this seems to be like the episode of rabbit trails because we've talked about, we've like hinted to many things that I want us to bring up in future episodes. And I keep on saying, these are all, these are all the subplots. These are storylines. We're going to get to sometime decaf coffee, K cups and Seattle's best. And then on it goes So the capital of coffee in America. Yeah. I don't know if that, if that speaks to the fact that we're such great conversationalists or because we're such poor conversationalists that we can't stick to a point. <laughs> well, we did pretty good for episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, if anybody listens to them, they'll know that I'm right. <laughs> And then in episode four, I interviewed a guy, Ben Kaiser, and that went well. So we have a pretty good track record, one, uh, one out of five. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's just, let's just continue the rabbit trails. Just- yes. We, we've only got nine minutes or so for left for this episode anyway. <laughs> we might as well continue the derail train. Uh, but is, was there anything else you wanted to say about Coffee Fest? Nothing comes to mind, I guess. But it was, yeah, it was a, it was, it was a great experience. It was, uh, it was something that that if if it's near your hometown, it's 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 worth the price to just go walk around, maybe take some of the classes. Mm. Um, I mean, you may not you may not need um, or even want a a class on how to be a barista or or um, how to roast or or uh, how to source green beans and but but it's but it's 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 educational in the sense that well this is this is what you're doing every morning. You know, you're 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 taking the bag off the shelf, grinding it, and making it however you make it. It's 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 kind of nice to know a little bit more about what happened to it before that, you know mm, where yeah. how it was how how it was grown. What does what does shade grown even mean? You know why is shade grown a good thing? Why is bird friendly a good thing? Um, what do all these certifications mean? So thank you for bringing us that report about Coffee Fest. I know we'll be talking more about Coffee Fests in the future and the the bigger convention that goes on. And I, I want to get more involved in that community as well. And I, I want to have those people on the show. So I feel like it was a, a rotten shame that we didn't get to discuss, you know, potential interviews, interviewees uh, coming on to Top Brew. But we'll find them somehow. We'll find them on Twitter and we'll find them in future Coffee Fests. That's right. So another topic for today's episode two things. First off, Eric, there was a pretty big piece of news that came out in the past week about K-Cups and Keurigs. Uh, you already came out and said, you know, how you, like, you're kind of neutral towards them. You just like to see them used effectively for the customers who really want them and benefit from them. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a large controversy, however, about A, uh, the waste that goes into the plastic that is used in, in, in the K-Cups, and they're not, they're not very recyclable. They're not being recycled, and they're just mostly wasting away, going into trash cans. It's It's... I know a lot of people who are very sensitive to the issue about like environmental issues are concerned about the, the, like that none of this has to happen. If you'll just drink your coffee brewed some other way, you know, you're, you have a lot of convenience with the K cup, but you're also creating a lot of waste that you wouldn't have if you had used another kind of brewing system. Yeah. But even, even with the K cup itself, um, when, when people email me or they, or they talk to me and say, well, I would, I'd love to, I'd love to support your company. I'd love to buy Thrasher Coffee, but I only use a Keurig, you know, so you can't Keurig snobs. Well, yeah, but but I understand that they've they've you know they've gotten rid of their drip maker or whatever, and they've and they've totally bought they've into invested the, in it. Yeah, that, 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 that they bought into the Keurig. Great, you know that's fine. I understand the 
the the convenience of single serve. I have a K-Cup story. Can I share? Sure, absolutely. It, it was back in mid-December. I was driving to my baby, the babysitter's house, and along the way, I see one of these big, like, 15-passenger van vehicles that's used for deliveries pulled over to the side of the road, and the driver is getting out and walking up the two-lane road to what was apparently a box full of K-Cups, like that he would deliver to shops, I don't know where around town, but he, it had fallen off of his vehicle <laughs> and all the K cups had bro- busted out of the ba- the box and they were strewn all over the road and people <laughs> were driving through it. And it must've just like happened 30 seconds before I was passing and there were K cups everywhere. The boxes were torn open and it wasn't like you could dodge it because the people going left on the highway could not veer around it. There wasn't another lane. So the guy's trying to clean up all these K cups, right? And so then I'm on my way home with the kids after getting the kids at the sitter's house. And the guy is still out there, and he, but it's like he gave up halfway. He's, he just got the biggest boxes, and he throws them into the back of his truck, and he's pulling away. Oh, it I'm wasn't like, just one box. It was numerous boxes. It was numerous boxes filled with K-cups. And there's, and there's like hundreds of those yeah, things in a box. Yeah, he just gave up. <laughs> he just gave up and, and pulled away. A, a Keurig hit and run. It was. It was tragic. <laughs> we'll have some other interesting links about Keurigs and K-Cups in the show notes because this was something that came up uh, as an interesting topic on the internet last week. The other cons- concern, however, the other Can concern- I finish my story now? Oh, sorry. Now yes, that you no, sidetracked me? Okay. Because you were talking about all the, uh, all the waste that goes into the, in, into the K-Cups, and that's true. Um, but they do, make, they do make a reusable- K cup, and this is what I tell people that that say, "Well, I want to use, I want to use Thrasher, but you don't, you don't have K cups." So, well, for for seven bucks, you can have a you can have a reusable K cup, and that that eliminates all that 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 concern about about throwing these you know, however many cups you drink a day, throwing that in the trash can, filling up landfills. You know all this, yeah. You all put this other environmental this, concerns, this refillable. Oh, you're throwing layer the grounds, throw out the grounds yeah. yeah. I mean, they're biodegradable. They they come from the earth, so that's so you you can be a Keurig drinker, a Keurig enthusiast, and 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 still be responsible. You know, if if, if uh, yeah, Keurig snob, and, and if it's something that you're not getting a Keurig because of, it's a little bit of a hassle. Yeah, you do have to shake the grounds out. Yeah, yeah. you have to wash it out. It isn't a foolproof. Uh, pop the thing out and throw it in the garbage can and not think about it anymore. But it's it's uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You can use your you can use your your uh, Keurig machine. And you can use whatever coffee you want, and that that plays right into what what you want to talk about with the with the DRM, right? Because there was a originally a Keurig machine, a, a brewer that came out a few years ago, and a lot of people purchased, and that was uh, the first generation of the machines, and I think a lot of people liked it for that reason. Now, what happened was when the company uh, Mountain Green Mountain Coffee, Green Mountain Roasters, yeah, yeah. they're they were they've been around for a long time, and they're and they're one of those. Big time roasters that 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 they they service all sorts of Ava supply. They do a lot of private labeling, other things like that. But their but their 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 primary avenue for for sales is is big volume. So like like an entire office building with you know what a, a thousand people in it or something. They're the ones supplying their coffee mess on on each floor. They're they're supplying all that. They just have their hands in everything. 
And what happened was they built a newer, a newer brewer machine that puts a DRM on the cups themselves so that they're identified by... What's a DRM, Joe? Basically, it means that there's like a copy control so that you couldn't take a knockoff K-cup made by another company and put it into a Keurig machine and brew it because you put this... Uh, there's a little microchip party, in yes. there that, that the machine reads and it says, yep, this is acceptable. Say you 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 took one of these reusable cups with Thrasher coffee in it and put it in the, in this machine, it wouldn't do anything, right? Because there's no there's no chip. It, it it's not an acceptable pod. So what this meant was it was a disadvantage for the consumer because the consumer wants to shop around for the coffee that they want to use in their Keurig. The consumer wants to have choices. Yes, and Keurig was not allowing them to have choices. You had to use the Keurig brand coffees, and th- there's plenty of cho- uh, options to choose from, but. It still was, you know, a disservice to customers, and it just seemed like ultimately Green Mountain coffee roasters were being kind of greedy because they wanted that kind of exclusivity. Right now, you you can argue the point from different angles, like you know they they invented the machine their way. Why don't other? Coffee- I'm not sure if they did. I'm not sure if if Green Mountain invented. Okay, but they, invented but, the but it's theirs. But they have enough influence. To, to go to Keurig and say, look, let's do this, this DRM oh, really? device, okay. so, so that they can, they can work together, okay. which is interesting. I mean, you, th- you would think in that— in Public that, perception is that they, it's their coffee brewer. Right, but you would, you would think that Starbucks would have that influence, right? But, but in this instance, Green Mountain has the, has the influence to be able to— And so, anyway, it's just that it impacted their sales because last quarter, they, they dropped down a significant percentage, and they lost millions of dollars because of it. And it seems like people are not interested in buying the newer model of the Keurig, and they are not uh, loyal to the brand. So while the K-Cups continue to, continue to sell like gangbusters, it must be just using the older machines. And uh, what the people want is options. Right. And that kind of goes back to full circle, one of the earlier points that was made about Coffee Fest and that we don't have to worry about people who get locked into brand loyalty to something like K-Cups or Starbucks because ultimately consumers do like some variety and they like to try things out and experience different kinds of coffee for themselves. And I think everybody is on a journey looking for the ideal perfect cup of coffee They're, uh, to them to suit their tastes. And so people are going to experiment with Keurigs and Starbucks and Seattle's Best and move on until they find the thing that, you know, gives them more satisfaction in 2015. Right. And that's a good sign. As long as consumers are continuing to do that, you know, people like us, then uh, there's room for us, right. and we're going to make a better cup of coffee together. Yeah, the market is 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 big enough to serve us all. Yeah. As as much as I uh, try to turn my my in laws into into thrasher devotees, they whenever I serve it to them, they like it, they enjoy it, but they just say, you know, Folgers is good enough for us. We're happy with our Folgers. So you know, okay, you know, it's 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 what they've it's what they've drank for decades you know so so they while they can respect that there's there's other options out there they're going to go back to what they know and 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 what they've what they've grown up with and and that's fine too well eric i think that this completes episode five of top brew you can find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash five where we have links to everything we discussed on this episode of the podcast for your convenience follow us on twitter at topbrew.fm and if you are interested in sponsoring Top Brew, send an email to me at joe at topbrew.fm. <laughs> That's a little bit confusing because we begin our Twitter handles with at, and then we have at in the middle of the email addresses. Just send the email to I joe. Think, I think people understand email, Joe. 
I don't know, man. I don't trust people. <laughs> they don't know how to make their coffee. <laughs> and of course, I want to give you my thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting this episode. Uh, and I ask that you would go and enjoy their significantly delicious roasts and let them know that we sent you. Remember to use the Top Brew coupon code on their website. If you are interested in sponsoring Top Brew, just send that email to topbrew.fm. This has been episode five of Top Brew. Thanks for listening.